and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And, um, you know, today in the United States this past week, uh, to certain people, the election results may have seen like uh, sort of the end of the world, uh, which got me thinking that you know, there is no end of the world except the end of the world, uh, which we have seen uh, realized rather well in the art of audio drama, uh, myself included, uh, with my series The Cleanse, which we will feature this month in our um, uh, post-apocalyptica and during-apocalyptica series here on Radio Drama Revival. So um, uh, just, you know, I get into these moods and and, and, uh, go on a kick. So uh, what we're going to be hearing today is actually from Yap Audio Production. Um, This is the work of Matt McLean. Matt's also been doing some great stuff. Um, You know, in the early days of Radio Drama Revival, we did a lot more interviews uh, with producers, and then um, I sort of lost the the track of that. Um, Matthew... uh, as one of those people, as well as uh, my other colleague, Matthew, Matthew Boudreaux, um, on his Oral Stage Studios podcast, has been doing interviews with various players in the audio theater market. So um, I recommend both of those things, um, both the Yap Audio podcast and the uh, uh, Yap Audio podcast, as well as uh, Matt Boudreaux's one. I'll put both of those up, as well as the Oral Stage one. I'll put both of those on radiodramarevival.com. But uh, now what we're going to do is uh, feature uh, Matt's uh, McLean's uh, production called Aftermath. Now, this is a two-season show, uh, episodes one through six. We're not going to feature quite all of season one here today on Radio Drum Revival, but we'll give you a good taste of it. Um, and it does have more up at yapaudio.co.uk if you're interested in hearing more. Um, one of these sort of stories where someone wakes up and, and the UK is not quite <laughs> right. Uh, so we don't always get, you know, UK-centric um, kinds of shows, but, but uh, we do for this one, so I hope you enjoy. This is Matt McLean's Aftermath. We have to find out what's going on, and it doesn't look like the power's going to come back on anytime soon. Damn it, we could be at war, or, or maybe Britain's already surrendered. We don't even know who attacked us yet. That's my point. They're not bombing us anymore because they're probably on the stage too. They could have they could have landed troops and tanks all over the country by now. What if we drive right into a bunch of soldiers and they see us and take us prisoner? We're civilians. They can't round up every single survivor and put us in a huge holding pen. So what would they do to us instead? Well, we don't even know who they are yet. Or, you know, if there even is a they. Maybe our forces manage to fight them off and help's on the way. We need to find out what we can. Okay, well, I suppose the food we found on the farm won't last us forever. Which means we should stock up, just in case. But the first sign of trouble, anything, and we are out of here, okay? Please? Alright, okay. First sign. Anyway, I'm sure there'll be some help or information at least down at the police station, or the town hall, or something. I guess it depends who survived down here. I think that bomb we saw hit the town pretty centrally, even though the blast didn't seem huge. Hey, uh, I guess that means we should be prepared to see some people that were, you know, killed by the blast. Everywhere looks deserted. I suppose most people went to Edinburgh after hearing the emergency radio message. Those poor people. Hey, do you think it was okay to leave Harry back there on the farm? He's a grumpy old Glaswegian with a fetish for agricultural machinery. I'm sure he won't miss us for a couple of hours. To be honest, I get the feeling he prefers a bit of solitude. He'll be fine. I know, but we don't know the guy. We don't even know if he really does work there. He already lied about owning the place. Yeah, but look, that's not really a big deal. Bear in mind he didn't have a lot of time to explain since he was offering us a place to- Andy! Damn it! Oh god. Oh god, is she dead? She's just lying there on the road. Oh god, help. She must be dead. Let me check. Stay here. Yep. Yeah, she's dead. Are you sure? Did you check her pulse? She's grey and as stiff as a board. She's definitely dead, Lucy. But her neck was twisted like a doll's. What happened to her? Look, I don't know. I just had a quick look. I'm not a doctor, but I could see she was dead. That was enough. 
I'm sorry, it was, it was just a bit grim seeing her like that. And we're only on the outskirts of town here, well away from where the bomb landed. You don't think it was the blast that killed her? Like I said, we're heading into a potential war zone in the centre, so chances are we'll see a lot more like her. Okay, well like I said, and I'll say it again, first sign of trouble, and I want us... Out of here, I know. Ah, man. Look, more bodies. Hey, is... is that Pete's car? What? Where? Next to the pub. Ah, it's been crashed right into the wall. I need to go and have a look. He could be here somewhere. Just sit tight. I will be two minutes. Andy! I'll just be two minutes, I promise. I have to see if Pete's here. Andy, who the heck is Pete? An old friend of mine. I've known him since school. Lucy, honestly, I'm just going to have a quick look around the back of this pub to see if he's here. Ah, jeez. Oh, God. What the hell happened here? Who piled these bodies up? One move and you join that pile. Don't. Don't. I'm just looking for my friend. Who's your friend? His name's Pete. Please, please don't kill me. Turn around slowly. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to intrude. I'm just... Looking for your friend, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Look, if you don't mind me asking, what the hell happened here? Those bodies behind me. Was it a shootout? (laughs) Something like that. Well, I guess you're not deranged like the others. Lucky me and lucky you. You'd better come in and... Andy, what's going... Don't ah! move! Okay, how many of you idiots are there? It's just us two, I swear. I didn't have the chance to tell... Get inside. Move. Take a seat at the bar while we have a chat, since you folk are obviously from out of town. Ah, uh, customers, at last. Come in, take a seat. We'll have a walk in, eh? Look, I'm not sure what's going on here, but we didn't mean to intrude. We're on our way to the police station, or maybe the hospital. We're hoping there might be some help or information available. (laughs) The police station, eh? Well, good luck with that, son. He's right. We can't let you go anywhere right now. What do you mean? You can't keep us prisoner here. Are you American? Well, this just gets better and better. A bloody Yankee doodle. Nice job you lot made outside, eh? A wee bit of the friendly fire. So, what did you do to get left behind? Guys? Hey, there's no proof that America had anything to do with these attacks. And even if they did, it's hardly going to have anything to do with a history student who lives in Fife, is it? Unless you've seen US troops or something. You mean like an invasion? No, we've not seen anything like that yet. And we've been checking the fourth for military ships from the loft windows. No sign of any enemy troops. Or rescuers, for that matter. Maybe not, but after all I've seen these past few weeks, you'll have to forgive me for not trusting her. We all know the Yanks hate us as much as the Chinese these days. If we're not with you, we're against you. Isn't that right, Mr President? Enough, Gaz. Look, nobody's a prisoner here and nobody's blaming anyone for what's happened. You guys have no idea what's been going on round here, have you? Well, we know Kakodi was hit by a bomb. We saw it from up near Falkland, up in the hills. And we think we saw Edinburgh getting bombed too. We weren't sure what we were seeing until Kakori got hit. But I thought we must have been lucky because there was just the one. And they weren't nuclear, I think. No, no, they weren't nuclear. But lucky? No, we weren't lucky either. Did you see what the bomb did? Uh, well, the, uh, the area seemed to have a greenish tinge, but... I thought that was just a trick of the light or dust or something, you know, with it being at night. That was no trick of the light, son. Gaz and I were out of town like yourselves, but just a couple of miles. We tried to drive back in to see if we could help, but we didn't get far. We got badly sick in a matter of seconds. Seriously, we could hardly breathe. Gaz managed to turn the car around and we waited it out along the coast. We tried again the next day, but it was still too strong. But the following day, we managed to drive right in without so much as a cough. There was a lot of bodies in the streets, and we weren't even near the bomb site. The bomb gassed people to death? It wasn't the blast that killed them, so yeah, we think the gas killed people. But more worrying are those who didn't die. So there are more survivors? Technically, yes, but they're... uh, different people now. It's hard to explain. I don't understand. What do you mean, different? What my good friend Joe here is trying to tell you is that anyone left alive around here has gone absolutely mad dog. 
and will rip your face off as soon as you show it out there. Like this area wasn't rough enough, eh? <laughs> Our car was set upon by five guys not far from here. At first, we thought they were just desperate thugs after our stuff. We'd had plenty of trouble around here before the blast, so we expected the worst. But I couldn't believe people were still walking around after the noxious gas cloud hung over the place for so long. Maybe they thought you were thugs trying to attack them, or, you know, maybe they thought you were the enemy or something? Did you not try to talk to them? Well, we tried, but we could see something wasn't right with them. They were holding various lumps of wood and metal. They just looked savage. They ran straight towards us. And then we saw their eyes. Their eyes? Yeah, they looked different. They were green, as in no white at all. We were unarmed and outnumbered, so we opted out of that particular battle. Of course, the freaks did follow us back here eventually, but Joe had his gun by then. I heard them round the back, trying to get in. I loaded up this bad boy and went round the side, pointed the gun right at them to try and get them to scatter. But it didn't work. Right. I'm holding a shotgun, and one of them comes at me with a shovel. Now just think about that for a second, because I know what you're thinking, both of you. I know because I've had all week to think it myself. I shot that man in the chest. I killed him, all right? But only when I realised that he was never going to stop until he had caved my skull in. Go and look at the bodies. I shot them in the front, not the back, while they were running away. <sighs> look, you both seem like decent types, so let me tell you something. I was in the army for a while, back in the 80s, Northern Ireland. So I know what crowds are like. One of our main duties there was crowd control. You soon learn to tell the difference between a crowd of yobs who are only brave in large numbers and that rare breed of lunatic who doesn't care what the odds are. Those four out the back, all they wanted to do was kill me. And they never even considered my gun a threat. Didn't even see it. Took no notice of it. Even after I shot the first guy, they kept coming. I got the second guy and the last two still kept at me. Gas neutralised one. Cracked his skull with this bat, you mean? <laughs> and I shot the last one when he charged at me. That's just crazy. Even that last guy. I gave him fair warning to stand down, but he wouldn't. He was laughing too. That's not hysteria, that's man-made insanity. Are you saying the gas from the bomb did that to them? Well, they weren't martyrs without a cause. And I don't water the drinks in here, so I don't think it's that. Well, we don't know for sure that it was the bomb that did it. This might have been a one-off incident. A couple of druggies on cold turkey or something. Nope, afraid not. The next day, we went right into the centre of town at dawn. This time with a bit more care. It's more like the centre of hell itself, and more because of what the uh, survivors are doing to each other than how the landscape looks. Oh, no. And have you had any more trouble around here? No, we dumped the car two streets away, and we've barely made a sound ever since. I don't want anyone else knowing we're in here, or they'll probably attack again. I've only got nine cartridges left for this thing. What the hell was that? Did you leave a car running outside? Lucy? I didn't know we... There's someone outside. Get behind the bar. Grab hold of something solid, just in case I don't have enough bullets. Gaz, try and hold them off, but only take them on if I have to reload. Let's see how they like a bat with a nail. Gaz, no! Get back! Gaz! Is he dead? Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. His neck's broken. <sighs> Never mind that now. We need to get out of here. Now. But... No buts. Your car got us into this. Now it'll get us out of it. Grab the rest of those water bottles from the fridge behind the bar, and there's half a box of crisps too. Go. What about Thaz? He's no use to us now. Or us to him. Come on, let's go. Andy, bring his weapon. We'll probably be needing it. Oh, God. We can't just leave him like this. Look. Look, Gaz was my mate, but he's dead now. If we stay here, we're dead too. Come on, let's go. Andy, you drive. I'll shoot if I have to. Lucy, you keep... There's more coming down the street. Andy, go! Andy, move it. I'm not wasting any ammo if I don't have All to. right, all right. Is that... Guys, did you just see that? See what? Oh, there were two guys just standing there at the end of that street. What? Where? 
What do they look like? We've gone past them now. I don't know. They just look really out of place considering what's going on. They were staring at us. You want me to turn back? No, it's probably just another crazy. I don't think so. Why? They weren't acting crazy. They just stood there side by side. One was pointing. At what? He was pointing at us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Aftermath, written and produced by Matthew McLean and Robert Cudmore of Yat Audio Production, starring Katie Barrett, Colin Somerville, Michael Hudson and Robert Cudmore. Special thanks go to Adam Gordon, Sean Johnson, Chris Case, Casey Wayland, Neil Calhoun, Julie Hoverson and Jack Kincaid. Music and ambience heard in this episode come from freemusicforvideos.com. For more information on Aftermath, go to www.yapaudio.co.uk. Protected under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative 3.0 Unported Licence. Sorry, did I startle you? Lucy? Ugh, no. I just closed my eyes for a second. <laughs> so you're back? Well, what's it like in town? Uh, well, not good. Listen, we ran into some trouble, and this guy helped us out. So uh, we're letting him stay here a while. His name's Joe. Eh, you brought someone back here? Who? His, his name's Joe. He um owned a pub in town. He... Oh, he used to be in the army, and he's English. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Seriously, it's okay. So you brought him home like a lost dog. And it's okay, because he's a nice guy. Harry, seriously, we owe him big time. I don't owe him anything, because this is my home. I brought you here because it was my choice to do so. Yeah, because you felt guilty for... (sighs) Well, here they are. You can shout at them. Hey, Lucy, can you put this rucksack through in the other room? I'm going to go bring more stuff in from the van. Fine. You can explain to Harry about Joe. Wait a minute. What do you mean, Van? You left in a car. My car. Where is it? Uh, yeah, we brought that back too. Don't worry. The van belongs to Joe here. Joe, this is Harry. Harry, Joe. Pleased to meet you, Harry. I hear you're an army man. Which regiment? Oh, Royal Artillery, 1RHA. But that was back in the 80s. (laughs) So the only thing we do know about you is out of date then. Harry. It's okay, Andy. I know what Harry means. This is his home, and I'm an unknown quantity. For all he knows, I'm as crazy as those people we saw in the town centre. Huh? Trouble with looters? Something like that. What? What is it? Why are you gopping it? If you're going to tell me that things have gotten rather uncivilised in town, I'm not going to jump on a stool clutching my underskirts. Oh, we've all met then. Is there a problem? Uh, we were just about to tell Harry about the people in town. The people who survived the bombing, but were affected by the gas, are now extremely psychotic. We had to fight quite a few off. The gas? What, that green haze we saw? Yeah, it looks like it wasn't a, a trick of the light, after all. Some sort of bioweapon, we think. Well, Joe thinks. On top of that, there's no rescue operation that we can see. And the only people we saw are either dead, which is most of them, or busy ripping each other to pieces. As for me, don't worry. I won't outstay my welcome. First thing tomorrow, I'll be headed up to Perth. I've got a friend up there. Hopefully he's okay. Well, can't we talk about that? Joe, you can stay for a couple of days at least. No. The sooner I get going, the more chance I have of making it. And I don't want to use up too much of your own supplies. Okay, gang. Let's just calm down for a minute. Andy, I'll decide who stays here. Joe, you're welcome to stay for a few days. Well, at least until we can work out for the long term what's going on out there. Oh, for God's sake, Harry. Do you have to be the big man all the time? What I mean is, Joe, 
The M90 motorway is packed solid with vehicles, as is every other major road for miles around. People are trying to get out of Edinburgh, I suppose, or get to Edinburgh from here. I was over at Kinross yesterday, trying to see what's what on that side. I get stuck about a mile from the motorway slip road, and you'd have to travel about 50 miles on foot. And if the people in those vehicles were infected by, by this gas weapon, no, it doesn't make sense for you to even attempt it under the circumstances. I suppose we've got the room to spare, and I can see that these two infants have taken a shine to you. So if you wanted to stay, albeit for a few days, that'd be okay. We could use an extra hand. You could use an ex-army boy, you mean? Someone who can handle a gun when trouble turns up? Well, if you want to put it that way. Well, thanks for letting me stay. I'll put a shift in, don't worry. You can start now, because I'm going out for a walk to check the perimeter. I've just got to go and grab my gun. Meet me outside in five minutes and I'll show you around. I'd appreciate that, Harry. Cheers. Well, that's Harry. Pretty much as you described him. Grumpy, but honest and pragmatic. I like him already, but what kind of gun does he have? Oh yeah, a two-two air rifle. It takes about five shots just to kill a rabbit. I think it's just been a bit of a shock for him, what with us bringing you here and telling him about the bombs. He must have known a few people in Kirkati. I don't blame him for feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, well, he hasn't had to fight psychotic fifers. Maybe not, but that doesn't mean you should judge him too harshly, just because you've had it worse. <laughs> You've only been here five minutes, you're already taking his side. Well, none of this philosophizing is going to bring in those bags from the van, so I'm going to go make a start. Maybe you'd like to help me, Mr. Cooper. Fine, I'm coming. You see? The whole world's against me. What's left of it, anyway. <laughs> it takes a certain amount of ego to believe that an apocalypse was designed with you specifically in mind. Where's my money? Chris, I know you're upset, but you can't keep mowing them down like that. Watch me. Look, we obviously had no idea things were like this. Those people. It's like they've all got rabies or something. But please listen to me. If we damage the car and break down, we're as good as dead. Maybe if I kill enough of them, it'll buy some time. Please, just get to Glenrothes in one piece. We'll find Emma and head back up to Anstruther where we can try to contact help. Help? You mean like what we've been trying to do for the past week? We don't have any food left and everyone's dead. Don't you get it? The whole world's gone to hell. We're alone. Chris, I'm sorry about your dad, but we don't know. You just know. shut up about my dad. Just shut up. We'll go and find Emma. That's if your stupid sister's even still alive. Chris, I'm sorry about what happened, but we need this car. The car's fine. Not for much longer if you keep using it as a human plough. Human? You call those human? You saw their faces, their eyes. I don't know what they are, but I know they're not human. And that makes it okay to kill them. Please, let's not argue. We need to try and stay calm and take one thing at a time. Let's just make sure we get to Glenrothes in one piece, okay? What way do I go at this roundabout? Straight on, and then left at the next one. You sure? Of course I'm sure. I hate Glenrothes. Everything looks the same. Nothing but roundabouts. There's a few more abandoned cars up ahead. We haven't seen another driver all day. Probably because they're all dead. There's a stream over here which will provide most, if not all, of our fresh water. There'll not be much of that down in the town now, and we can expect the taps to run dry any time soon. You're not wrong. We nearly drank my pub dry of soft drinks and bottled water. Gaz had a good go at the whiskey too. Gaz? Yeah, he's... he was a mate of mine. I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks, but I guess everyone's lost someone these past few weeks. I'm no exception. Listen, Harry, I'm sorry if you feel like I'm invading your home, turning up out of the blue like this. Aye, 
Well, you can understand why I was angry at that player for bringing somebody back here. An army boy, no less. And he's here right now. Make up another guest room, Harry. Ask him what he wants for breakfast, Harry. No offence, but I could have done with some warning. And the other thing is, we're already low in food. And the last thing we need is for more people to know we have some. Help might arrive, but it might not. When they set off into Kirkcaldy this morning, the last thing we agreed was that they looked for a rescue party, not become one. In fact, I half expected them not to come back at all, let alone bring back someone else. I get it, 100%, honestly. I know what it's like to run a place for it to suddenly be surrounded by chaos. Look, while I'm staying here, I'll pull my weight. You have my word on that. I've already agreed to head down to Falkland tomorrow morning with Andy. We're going to see what supplies we can find. No bombs fell up this way, and he reckons most, if not all, the people round here tried to get to Edinburgh before the attack. Even if that's true, why do you think they all went to Edinburgh? They were out of food. Things had completely ground to a halt after the power went down. And as far as I can tell, it's not just Fife, but the entire country. Here's another thing. We can see right into the fourth from here, and I haven't seen a single ship for weeks. Not one. No rescue ships. No military. No coast guard. Nothing. Not a thing in the sky either. And I doubt there'll be any food in Falkland or anywhere else. You may be right, but you never know what we might find. As you say, we don't know how long this situation's going to last, so it's probably a good idea to plan for the worst. You know, get whatever practical supplies we can, and not just food. Besides, there's more to it than that. I'd like to know who or what is living on our doorstep, and if there are potential danger to us. Are you serious? After what you've told me what it was like in town, you want to go and meet the neighbours? Are you going to take a cup of sugar round, so that they might give it ten minutes before ripping their head off? People were killing each other before the bombs dropped for crying out loud. Relax, Harry. We'll certainly not be announcing ourselves. We'll be in and out of the village without anyone noticing. If we see anyone, they won't see us. <laughs> I'm sure. Andy can't even make it to the bathroom at night without making some noise. He's not a soldier. Neither am I nowadays. Andy's a good lad, though. As long as he follows my lead and does exactly what I say, he'll be absolutely fine. On your own head, be it. But don't go bringing any trouble back here with you. I'll put this stuff by the fireplace for now. It's just for matches and lighters. Yeah. Are you okay? What's wrong? Oh, you know, this. All of this. Hiding in the middle of nowhere, and we don't even know who we're hiding from or why. I just wish I knew what was going on. Oh, babe. Come here. You'll be all right. I'm not having a breakdown, Andy. I just feel a bit overwhelmed by it all. I keep thinking of things like, will I ever be able to go home again? Will I ever see my family? I don't even know if they've been attacked too. And then I feel guilty. Because this is your country and, and your family and friends. Sorry, Andy. It's okay. I, I understand. And you know, my parents might be okay. We don't know if England's the same as here, and they're way down on the south coast. But yeah, I'll, I'll admit, not knowing is, well, frustrating is an understatement, but... Look, don't worry, this isn't a competition. We're in this together, we'll get through it together. We'll worry about our families when we can. In the meantime, we've got to keep it together and survive in the short term. Or the long term. It would help if we knew what we were planning for. I know, but Andy, are we safe enough where we are? What What do you mean? Something I've been meaning to say, but I haven't had a chance. Not about the attack, but this house. The people we're suddenly living with. Lucy, what is it? What are you trying to say? Andy, I, I don't think we're safe here. In fact, we might need to get out while we still can. Thank you for listening to this episode of Aftermath, written and produced by Matthew McLean and Robert Cudmore of Yap Audio Production, starring Katie Barrett, Neil Colquhoun, Robert Cudmore, 
Michael Hudson, Claire Kinnaird and Colin Mason. Music by Tom Cusick and Kevin McLeod. For a full list of credits, go to yapaudio.co.uk and visit the site's audio fiction section. today. I've still got a few of those muesli bars. I'm not hungry. You've got to eat. I'm not hungry. I'll have one later. Okay, as soon as we stop then. I don't think so. Let me take a look. Chris, there's another one of those freaks down the road behind us, trying to get over the fence. It must have heard us. Come on, we gotta run. We're just coming up to the car park where I met the other two. The night the bombs fell. Which reminds me, you're from Kirkcaldy. How did you survive anyway? We were out of town. We tried to get back in, but the gas, the green smog, I mean, it was like a barrier. Like the thick smoke you'd see coming out of a house fire. We didn't dare go near it for fear of suffocating, let alone anything else. I dread to think what it must have been like inside. And when you see what it's done to people, well... Let's just say whatever is in those bombs had to be pretty high grade. It makes me wonder if it was meant to kill everyone or just kill some and drive the rest insane. Not a lot we can do about that now. And besides, that pair have been up my head all week, talking about who they think's behind it all. Suddenly they're experts in world politics. Andy thinks, like most people, that the US are involved somehow. But Lucy... She's a typical patriotic American. She won't hear a word of it. Naturally, she knows for a fact that China have finally decided to take over the world. God knows why either of them would decide to cripple Scotland. Anyway, I told them that right now, we've got bigger concerns. Like, how we're going to feed ourselves. I'll tell you something else too. It gets bloody cold up here in the winter. They're in for a shot. You've got a point, Harry. And all the more reason to stock up, I reckon. What's the state of play up here with food, electricity, things like that? Well, we're self-sufficient to an extent. We're running power off an LPG standby generator. The gas cylinders won't last long, though. Especially once the cold weather kicks in. We've got a coal fire in the house. That'll come in handy. Not that we've got much coal. But the wood will be easy to come by, you know, dead bracken and the like. As for diesel, we've got a thousand litre container which I think is just over half full. It's normally used to power the farm machinery, but we can use it for the car and for the heating when we need to. Sounds like a good start. We'll be able to siphon abandoned vehicles with diesel when we need to, but we should make getting some more of those gas cylinders a priority. Will smoke from the chimney be a problem? I had thought about that. We don't want to be sending smoke signals out to God knows who might spot it. But as you can see, we're miles from anywhere up here. We should probably only light the fire at night, though. We should probably black out the windows too, for that matter. What about food? The family that owned the farm. They didn't hang around long after the power cut. They left for Edinburgh. There was still plenty of food then. Long life food, anyway. You know, tin stuff. We've been rationing it, but we're nearly out. We'll be down to porridge oats and water soon. That's fine with me, but the other two, <laughs> they'll not be happy about it. <laughs> you sound like it'd almost be worth it. But what about animals? On the farm, I mean. Aye, 
Well, there's about 15 cows and about 75 sheep, I think. Oh, and a handful of chickens. Bearing in mind the whole collapse of civilization thing, that means there's little chance we can continue to run a working farm. Animals need to eat too, and we'll be deep in snow in a few months' time. There's a hell of a lot of work involved. And no offence, but I'm probably the only one who knows what they're doing up here. Unless you've got any farming experience. Well, we did keep chickens on the army base in Germany, but that's not the same thing, is it? Definitely not. It's a full-time job with the number of animals we've got just now. There's too many, really. Well, there's not enough people to service them, if you like. So we can use one or two for food if we need to? Start with the cows, because they need more maintenance. The sheep are more self-sufficient. Although, we can eat the whole bloody lot as far as I'm concerned. Just don't go telling that pair yet. I'm enjoying the thought of them living in oats and water for a few days. <laughs> Fine by me. I doubt they'll be volunteering for butcher duty anyway. Um, can we do that here? You know, process the animals? Or do we have to try and take them somewhere else? We normally take them to a central processing plant. But there's facilities here that we used to use. They haven't been used in a good few years. But they'll do. Now that I'm looking forward to it, man. I haven't done work like this for 20 odd years. I came to this farm in the 80s to work in the machinery and get away from the messy work. And you'd better know now, I wouldn't be able to do it on my own, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I get the feeling we're all going to have to do things we hadn't considered before. Life's probably going to get quite harsh in that respect. In fact, that's something we'll all need to discuss tonight. Well, this is the car park where we watched it happen. It's normally a picnic spot, I suppose. That car over there, do you know if it's been there long? Could somebody be coming back for it? They might be around here somewhere. Uh, no, that's Andy's car. He wrecked it getting here, the fool. Anyway, you get a good view here, all the way to the coast. You can see Edinburgh too, on a clear day. It's a good vantage point too. Nice to see we've got a safe distance between us and the towns. Is that Glen Rothes down there, nearest to us? It's hard to tell from here. Aye. As far as I know, it wasn't hit by any bombs. But the town centre was ransacked weeks ago. I can't imagine things will have improved much. Steer clear if you ask me. It all looks so peaceful up here. A far cry from what we saw when we were down there. The strangest thing is when you come up here at night now. In the past... You'd see everywhere all lit up, right across the river to Edinburgh. The street lights, the traffic, the buildings, even planes. Now, it's just a blanket of darkness, apart from the odd fire. It makes me all the more glad I'm up here. Did you see that? Eh? Towards Edinburgh, I think, that way. I'm sure I saw a green light flash two or three times, like it was pulsing. Almost like a lighthouse. Are you sure? A definite green light, over there, on the other side of the fourth. Right across the water? I don't see it. Where do you think it was? I... I don't know. safe enough where we are? What What do you mean? Something I've been meaning to say, but I haven't had a chance. Not about the attack, but this house. The people we're suddenly living with. Lucy, what is it? What are you trying to say? Andy, I, I don't think we're safe here. In fact, we might need to get out while we still can. Get out? You mean leave this place permanently? I mean, those two, Joe and Harry, we, we don't know them at all. What if Harry decides he doesn't want us here anymore? Where do we go then? And Joe, what if he decides he's in charge and can do what he wants? We could be in serious trouble here, cooped up with those two. What if something happens and one of them goes crazy? Lucy, that's silly. Okay, they're a bit eccentric, but I don't... I don't think... I mean... Yeah, exactly. Well, what else can we do? Go and find another farm and run it ourselves? I don't like living with strangers any more than you, but... 
we're kind of short on options. Besides, I think they're okay people. We haven't exactly met them in the best of situations. <sighs> look, we could be dead or poisoned into insanity or murdered by crazies by now. If you want to look at it like that, we're actually doing pretty well. If we can get along with them, we could ride out this storm for as long as it takes, hopefully. Maybe. All right, if things look like they're really getting bad, we can get out of here, okay? We'll grab some supplies, take the car, and, I don't know, head north, maybe. But only if it looks like we're in danger, okay? We have to give this a chance. I don't want to run out in them if we... Hi, Joe. Much to see out there? Just the lay of the land. I have to admit, it's all very strange to see it from up here, considering what we saw in the town centre. Still, we couldn't be better placed to keep out of it all. Hopefully. Is Harry okay? Yeah, he's just gone to make sure the animals are okay. He said they won't need feeding until tomorrow, so he won't be long. He did ask that we brew up some tea, though. <laughs> just as well the kettle's on, then. I'm still scared to boil it in front of him. Well, he did say there was no need for civilization to crumble completely. Listen, when he does come in, we'll need to discuss what we're willing to do to survive this thing. Lay down some mutual ground rules, like... <clears throat> if we need to defend ourselves and each other, we should be clear on how far we're willing to go. In other words, are we prepared to kill? You mean if we're attacked by crazies? Yes, but not just them. There are still survivors out there who aren't insane, at least not because of the gas. They'll be more desperate than they have ever thought possible. They might make it here, or even attack us when we're on the move. Well, if it, if it comes down to it... I mean, I, I, I don't want to murder anyone, but if it's us or them... Well, yeah. I'll do what it takes to, to, to protect us. I know it's a morbid subject, but I, for one, need to know that if we're out there, and we run into trouble, that you've all got my back, and vice versa. Even if it means killing someone. We're talking about a last resort, right? Self-defense? Ah, so we've started our moral debate. Not that there's much to discuss, I shouldn't think. If one of those lunatics comes screaming in here, wearing nothing but a tinfoil hat and a murderous grin, we can be sure he's not collecting for the Sally army. What's to discuss? And is that tea ready? Harry, that's easy enough for us to say while we're sitting here, but to actually point a gun at someone while they're coming at you... Well... That's a different story. Well, you'll probably find out soon enough. What do you mean? Thanks, Harry. I was hoping that Andy and I could go down into Falkland Village to have a look around. Not that I'm planning to be pointing guns at anyone at this stage. In fact, if we can help it, I want us to be in and out without being seen by anyone at all. If there's even anybody there. Uh, OK. What are we looking for? Well, partly to see what's what down there, since it's the nearest settlement to us. And, if it's quiet enough, we could see if there's anything we need that we could salvage, either tonight or in the future. We need to stock up ASAP. Are you okay with this? <laughs> <clears throat> yes, I suppose. But, please, be careful. And you, if anything happens to him, you needn't bother coming back here without an army. Understood? Yes, ma'am. Okay, chaps, let's make a shopping list. Put tea bags down and powdered milk. Up here, come on! It's over the fence, it's coming! Try the door! It's locked, get back, get back! Get in. Hold the door, I'll try building shelves over. Hurry, I think. Beth, help. I can't hold it. Beth, help. I can't hold it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Aftermath, written and produced by Matthew McLean and Robert Cudmore of Yap Audio Production, starring Katie Barrett, Neil Colquhoun, Robert Cudmore, Michael Hudson, Claire Kinnaird and Colin Mason. 
Music by Tom Cusick and Kevin McLeod. For a full list of credits, go to yapaudio.co.uk and visit the site's audio fiction section. North of the fourth bridge, north soon of the fourth road bridge, the Kingdom of Fife, a county that's written a lot of history and still has plenty to write. Fife is surrounded on three sides by water. Aftermath, the post-apocalyptic audio drama. Starring Neil Calhoun, Katie Barrett, Michael Hudson, Robert Cudmore, Julie Hoberson and Jack Kincaid. For a full list of credits, go to yapaudio.co.uk and visit the site's audio fiction section. Aftermath is written and produced by Matthew McLean and Robert Cudmore. So, must be pretty harsh, being here with all this. It's a nice farm. My uncle had a ranch that wasn't so different. Warmer, I guess, but I'm used to it here now. I've lived in Scotland for about seven years now, on and off. It's Scotland, I mean. The UK. You're trapped here with us Brits. Well, now at least. Well, I'm not happy about the situation, obviously. What are you getting at, Harry? Well, you've been here long enough. You've seen relations between ours and yours go from best buddies to something closer to a cold war. Most Brits never really thought too highly of Americans, for whatever reason. But in the last two years, we've seen all manner of things in the press about how the US have screwed us over, ruining trade deals with the Middle East mining rights in Argentina, or even diplomatic relations with Russia. You name it, we blame the Yanks. Then not long ago, the US and China have a huge falling out over Japan and come closer to a full-scale nuclear war than at any other point in human history. I know all this! And then, then, we're given the chance to side with Americans in a brand new deal. A new coalition, which could have helped both of us substantially in trade, defence, growth... Everything this country needs so badly, and our government turns you down. Why? Because we don't trust you. That's got to sting. I'm not the US government! And what happens next? Three months later, most of the country is destroyed in some sort of missile attack. Why are you saying this? I know all this! You know what? Fine! Just go ahead and say it! The United States bombed the UK. Say it all you want. It doesn't mean I believe it, and it doesn't mean I'm a damn spy! The last couple of years have been hell for me. Do you know how many friends I've lost? Do you know how many opportunities I've missed out on because of politics? Just because of where I'm from. Andy wanted me to start telling people I'm Canadian for crying out loud. I stayed because I love Scotland. I love my own country too. So guess what? Unless you can prove to me that the U.S. bombed the U.K., I won't believe it. In the meantime, get off my back. Well now, I think you've wanted to say all that for some time, eh? And for the record, I don't think the US bombed us anyway. If anything, it was probably the Chinese, thinking we'd publicly said no to the US and then made a deal in secret. The only thing is, that might mean they're at war with each other right now. But, as I said before, we've no way of knowing, so we might as well focus on the matters at hand. What? We need to wash out some containers to fill up with some water from the stream. What? that just to get a reaction? Are you a psychopath or just a sadist? Lucy, anyone with half a mind could see that you were carrying that stress around like a hump. If I hadn't needled it out of you now, <laughs> well, that didn't take much. It would have built up to the point where you're out there somewhere and maybe another survivor hears your accent, says something about you being a Yankee agent maybe, and you lose the plot and stick a penknife through his eye. 
I'd much rather you just took it out of me verbally. <laughs> oh man, I think you're right. <laughs> well, I need a drink. Good idea. Let's get these water containers filled up. And yes, I know that's not what you meant. Okay. <laughs> hey, does this mean you don't hate Americans? Me? Nah. It's English I'm not keen on. Don't tell Joe, eh? No luck in there. The place really is a ghost town. It's eerie seeing it like this. Spooky. I guess people just gradually filtered out of here as supplies ran low. They'd have no idea what was ahead of them. Very little sign of trouble around here, though. Makes a nice change. Well, we've not had our heads ripped off. We've picked up a few supplies. That house over there has an I Follow the Blue Brazil sticker in the window. I've had worse days recently. <laughs> Is that your team, then? Me? No. I'm... I was mainly a wraith man myself. My dad used to take me when I was at school, long before my parents moved down south. I had a season ticket for a few years, but I was more into the appreciation of the game rather than the blind loyalty to one club. When Cowden Beath won the league a few years ago, I went to a lot of their games, mostly because I knew a few people who were going, really. Kind of a, a, a social thing. Do you have a, a team yourself? Yeah, Watford. Haven't been for years, mind. Is that where you're from? Kind of. I'm from South Oxy. It's next to Watford itself. I used to play semi-pro non-league with Northwood before I joined the army. Ah, cool. What position? Centre-half, on the rare occasion that I got a start. Well, I was a goalie in the school team and then later on in a local league. So I reckon we've got the basis of a great five-a-side team, eh? Where will we stick Harry? Oh, he'd have to be the manager. There's a touch of the Alex Ferguson about him. Well, he's every bit as cheery. Lucy up front, then? Funny you should say that. She's actually not a bad player. The American girls like their football, or should I say soccer. Lucy's probably better than me, actually. Well, outfield, anyway. I mean, she can do more keepy-uppies than me, but I always argue that a goalie doesn't need... Andy. What? Don't look round, but I'm sure I saw movement in the house over the road there. We shouldn't take any chances. We've got a few of the things we need, so let's just calmly get in the car and drive off. Oh, okay. Sure. You drive. Good lad. Should we head out the village the other way and go the long way round? Just to make sure nobody follows us. Hmm. No. I'll keep an eye out to see if we're being followed. If we are, we'll drive past our turn-off and try to throw them. I doubt we'll get followed, though. There are barely any cars left around here. Besides, if we drive around enough, we've just as much chance of catching someone else's attention. I suppose you're right. Mind if I put one of these CDs on? I uh, found them. <laughs> Be my guest. What have you got? Any of the jam? No, but we don't have any bread anyway. Oh, dear. See, there actually was a band called... I know. Welcome to St Andrews, Dr Harrison. Mind your feet, the grass is rather wet. 
and rather long for a golf course. Especially this course, eh, Doctor? Doesn't look like they'll be hosting the Open this year. How are you, Mr. Luciani? I can't complain. It was quite a stroke of luck last week that I was in Denmark when the events occurred. Seems our intelligence was much closer to the mark than usual, even regarding the blackout. There's a first time for everything. So, what do we know? In fact, where are we based? I'd like to talk on the way. This area has been secured? Of course, Doctor. We sealed and secured the whole town on Wednesday. Any leftover civilians were encouraged to leave. We recruited a handful of younger, fitter men as extra labor, though I'm informed a couple troublemakers had to be neutralized. Local labor? I think not. Eliminate the rest at once. But, Doctor... Are we to feed and clothe these people and tell them what our plans are? Locals are not a complication that we need. Have them disposed of immediately. Is that understood, Mr. Luciani? Yes, Doctor. I'll give the order at once. Good. We may have used local muscle in the past, but not in a situation on this scale. Local people have local ties, families, friends, and so on. Any work they carry out is tainted by their relationship to the surrounding area. I won't have our operations here compromised. No risks. We can use local groups in other areas where appropriate, but not here. Of course, sir. I apologize for the oversight. So, tell me what we know. Well, as expected, there were several disturbance techniques used in advance. The blocking of satellites, the shutting down of power plants, communication cables and wires severed and destroyed, enough to grind the country to a halt. Then the blackout was broken by a bombardment of emergency broadcasts, telling people to get to the nearest city center for food, respite, and information. Have you ever heard of Joseph Goebbels, Mr. Luciani? Uh, yeah. Hitler's Minister of Propaganda. He once said that if you want to tell a lie, tell a big lie. If you keep repeating that lie over and over and over, people will eventually come to believe it. Yes, I think he also said that the easiest lie to tell is the one that people want to hear. Hmm. So these poor fools flock to the cities to be met by biochemical warfare. As you know... We were never able to find out exactly what they were going to use or to what effect. But the substance in question kills many in the blast itself, and then many more for miles around under its potent cloud. This isn't purely a killer, though. It seems to double up as a psychosis-inducing nerve gas, stimulating parts of the subconscious, possibly even as a recruitment reagent if such a thing is possible. Have you encountered any of the affected subjects? Not personally. Although I've debriefed several of our personnel that have. Seems to be young, fit, and healthy people, around 16 to 35, that were still standing after the dust settled. Green eyes? Uh, yes, is this familiar to you? I'd heard about this grade. It makes perfect sense. Seems to only attack the victim's brain via the uh, cerebral cortex and into the temporal and frontal lobes. Taking stressful situations, anger, angst, and distress from both their short and long-term memories. Well, it expands these negative memories or feelings to the point where they know nothing else. Other than a blind, bloodthirsty rage. Hmm. Affect even a few hundred, and they'd spread out over the entire country, trying to kill and break everyone and everything around them. They're not just homicidal, they're also roaming. That would explain why so little firepower was used. Exactly. They're happy to let the affected kill the rest of the population for them. You know, Mr. Luciani, their tactics, as futile as they may be, are almost admirable. Come now, we have much to discuss. I haven't seen anyone following us so far. Nah, it was probably just someone hiding out in that house, scared of us stealing from them, or worse. That's strange. Normally you'd think after a national disaster we'd all be pulling together, you know, looking for a way to help people, that kind of thing. But when you said there was someone at the window, all I could think of was whether or not we were in danger. I feel like a coward now. I mean, it's, it's only just occurred to me that 
but maybe they, they were injured or starving and we could have helped them. You think we should go back? No. Look, it's going to be hard, but we can't help everyone out there. I mean, Falkland, Fife, Scotland, the UK. How many people are out there who need food, shelter, medicine, protection? More than we can help. It's still early days, you know. We're not even self-sufficient ourselves yet. The last thing we need is to land ourselves with sick and injured mouths to feed. Don't look at me like that, Andy. I'm not a heartless bastard, I can assure you. But what we do in the next few days and weeks could mean the difference between life and death for you, me, Harry and Lucy. It just doesn't feel right. Look, we don't know who that was back there. What if it was someone else with a gun? Maybe a gang of them, all with guns, and they decide they want to escort us back to our place to loot it. What if it was a house full of crazies and they were about to pour out of there and rip our heads off? Do you still want to go back there? No, I... I just... I just can't get used to being like this. Afraid to go out in public in case someone kills us. It's, it's horrible. It's a form of hell, Joe. Is this what it's like in other countries? With no way of knowing. No, I mean... You know, when you hear about places that are war-torn or ravaged by civil war, and there's always pictures of troops from other countries going there to help, and you always hear how terrible it is there. Is that us now? Are we going to end up as asylum seekers in another country? I don't have the answers, Andy. All I know is we need to stick to a plan, and that involves us looking out for ourselves, the four of us, at least for now. Your fast mail train coming round Because you done killed my little brown He dead Her head was found in that drive of weed And her body had never been seen You all right? Not still angry about earlier, I hope. Hmm? No, no, it's not that. I'm just worried about Andy. Don't you worry about them. They'll be back before you know it. Joe seems to know his stuff. Yeah, he does, but Andy doesn't. Not in a situation like this. He's far too idealistic. It's nice, but it gets him into trouble. One time we were in a bar and two drunk idiots started fighting. He waded in to try and reason with them both and give them the life's too short speech. He ended up taking a kick to the stomach and a trip to the emergency room with suspected internal bleeding. Even after peeing blood, he still maintained he was doing the right thing. What? What is it? I thought I heard... Oh. What? Harry? Who's that? Trouble. trying to wait things out back home. We thought that some form of order would have been restored before long. I mean, this is Britain, right? That kind of thing doesn't happen here. Well, then things started to go mad in our street. Cars and houses on fire and gangs smashing everything up. Like, that's going to help. So that's when you came up here? I didn't exactly have a destination in mind. I just wanted to get Lucy out of there. I didn't have a lot of fuel left. I hadn't been able to fill up for weeks. So we drove up to the car park on the hill, and that's where we watched it happen. There were a group of people already there watching. Every one of them was terrified as us. And that's where we met Harry. <laughs> when the bomb hit Kirkcaldy, he was the first one to run off. He got in his car and reversed straight into mine and completely screwed my front axle. But before I knew what I was doing, I actually hauled him out of the car as he tried to get away. Lucy pulled us apart. Well, that's interesting. Harry's recollection of events was somewhat different. <laughs> I guess his dream of owning a bed and breakfast would never have taken off if he hadn't crashed into you, though, eh? I mean, he'd never have realised that he was such a people person. <laughs> uh, Andy, uh, are you still with us? Don't go all tunnel vision on me, not when you're driving, lad. Sorry, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, 
I was just, you know, trying to fit it all in my head. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. The fact that so many people are dead and the way things are, more are going to die. Unless help comes soon, of course. It might. Yeah. Look, it's all a bit overwhelming, but I just want you to know I'm not giving up or anything. Like I said last night, I'm willing to do what it takes for us to survive. It's just going to take some getting used. Slow down. What? I'm only doing 30. We're nearly home. Andy, stop the car. What is it? Look, up near the house. Who the hell is that? Thank you for listening to Aftermath, Episode 4, Doctor's Orders. Sarah Neil Calhoun, Katie Barrett, Michael Hudson, Robert Cudmore, Julie Hoberson and Jack Kincaid. Music heard in the episode was by Tom Cusack, Silva Marsh, Ledbelly and Sam Collins. For a full list of credits, go to yapaudio.co.uk and visit the site's audio fiction section. Aftermath is written and produced by Matthew McLean and Robert Cudmore. All right, and that was Matthew McLean's Aftermath series by Yap Audio Production, yapaudioco.uk. Uh, for more on that, um, and they've got a nice little SoundCloud. Um, and then there's also the production notes by Matthew. I'll put those up. Um, you can follow the links on radiodramarevival.com. We are still running our Kickstarter campaign. Um, at this point, we've meet, met our goal to keep Radio Drama Revival alive. But we're hoping to raise some more funds to do some production contests and uh, sort of offer some competitions for new audio theater in the coming year. So um, that's the story. Um, hundreds of hours of archives at radiodramarevival.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at Radiodrama or Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodramarevival. Also on SoundCloud and iTunes, search for Radio Drama Revival. All right, that's a wrap for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains that are original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.